Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It is an honor and delight to be here with Ruth Messenger, who's currently the Global Ambassador at American Jewish World Service, an international human rights organization that she served as president and CEO of for 18 years. She also works as a social justice consultant at the Jewish Theological Seminary, uh, the Meyerson JCC, and Melton Schools. Previously, she was an elected office in New York City, serving as both borough president and council member. I could say as someone who staffed and participated in uh, about around a dozen of the AJWS uh, service learning experiences and followed Ruth very closely. She's been uh, an amazing mentor and teacher and hero of mine. And um, it's, it's a great honor to have this time to talk with you. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you on your own in your community and in a place, in a place and at a time where we really need thoughtful, justice-oriented leadership in the Jewish community, and you're providing it. Thank you. Thank you. So you you've had such a you've had such a vibrant and dy, uh, dynamic career and continue to, and I wonder if you could point to one piece of Torah, one piece of Jewish wisdom or Jewish thought that in some way has animated and inspired your leadership. You know, you, you, you told me you were going to ask me this question, but it's really hard to think that there's one. So let me just mention a couple. I love something that people, of course, say all the time, tzedek, 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 the notion, but I want to, I want to deconstruct it for a minute, the notion that justice is not something that you enjoy or something that you create. It's something you have to pursue because it's always going to be a little bit elusive. So you're always moving toward that goal. And at least, as you know, at least some sages said, well, why does it say pursue uh, twice? I mean, justice twice, justice, justice, shall you pursue? And the answer was, or one answer, rabbinic answer was, because the end has to be justice, but so do the means have to be just. And so a lot of what we do at American World Jewish World Service, as you know, and a lot of what I tried to do in my life in city government is to think about how do you help people move toward justice? And clearly it's not by telling them what they ought to be doing. It's by respecting them. And so another text, uh, respecting them as people equally made in the same image who therefore have their own vision of justice and their own notion of what change they want to make in the world. And frankly, Rabbi, there's lots of other texts and let's be clear, much of it I've learned from the phenomenal education staff that we put together at American Jewish World Service and from group leaders and rabbis such as yourself. So I get to pick up and um, winnow out some of the great phrases, midrash, commentary that, that, helps me, that helps me teach others about doing this work. Well, and I have to just say, like, call like a vote to you on building that education department because it profoundly reshaped my Torah. I, I participated in learning that, that curricula. I taught that curricula. And it was so transformative for me to think of Jewish thought to be speaking to those situations. So 
um, really. And I, and I continue to turn back to those conversations I had in the field. So, so let me ask you, um, you know, today it's a very confusing time. Um, it's a very polarizing time, but even more than that, it's um, the concerns are enormous for human dignity for the planet. And I wonder, how do you think of pri prioritization? Like, what's our main moral mandate in Jew as Jews in America today? Is that any different than other concerned citizens? Like, do we have something uniquely to contribute as Jews? And what front lines do you think we should be on? So for me, I go now to a bit of more contemporary text. I was extremely influenced in my growing up by Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. And um, I would just make, quote, two of his observations. One is, um, this is no time for neutrality. So that's a comment on the, on the current issue. And for me then, in some ways, it doesn't matter so much which issue you choose. Right. It is helpful to let congregants, listeners, people know, I don't think you can work on all these issues at once in a in a way that is at all fulfilling and maybe in a way that's at all effective. So I try, despite some of my background and some of my work, I try to be disconnected from whether people decide to work locally or globally. I try to be disconnected from whether they say everything is the environment, as Greta Thunberg is right now to all of us, or they say, um, which is sort of warm to my heart, and, I, and yours I know, and that is to say, look, immigration is a quintessentially Jewish issue, a place where the Jews have such a wealth of both Torah and historical experience. But for me, it's less important what people choose as one, they don't remain neutral, and two, which Heschel said, um, and that is in a free society where terrible wrongs exist, which certainly describes today, some are guilty, but all are responsible. And for me, I see that. I'm not saying other faiths don't hew to things like this, but for me, that's a quintessentially Jewish reminder that I have some responsibility in the world to a lot of other people who are experiencing a great many ills and, and evils, some of which historically I know that my people experienced as well. Right, amazing. So, you know, it, um, we don't like to rank um, you know the the decree the, the the degrees of oppression or injustice, and this is more important than that. You know, uh, just like you were saying, but you dedicated 18 years and more of your life to global poverty in the South for a reason. Not only because you got the call, but because um, there are some situations which are so pervasive and so um, broken uh, in many ways that they design they demand a certain different type of response. And so I wonder. It's so easy to be in America and immersed with local and national issues. What have you found to be effective ways to get those who um, uh, haven't been able to zoom out to see that some of the most vulnerable people on the planet living in, in deep poverty in the global south need their response also? So I think there are sort of probably three very different answers to that. One is simply that people don't know. I mean, if you want to, if you ask somebody, I mean, really, if you ask the people who are who are listening to this interview or in your congregation, you know, do a true and false, take a true and false test that was consisted of 10 issues or facts about the rest of the world. I would be astounded if anybody got more than four of them right. I really would, because unless they're in, immersed in this, they have no they can't imagine that fill in the blank. 18 million girls are forced into marriage under the age of 18 every year. It's not that it doesn't exist at all in Arizona or New York or the United States. It's like 
Nobody sees it as a major problem, whatever, whatever. So one of them is just letting them know the facts. Two is, of course, what you as a rabbi, all of the people who taught me, you know, teach all the time, and that is tell the stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get there by, yes, I, I'm sort of, I started with like some horrendous facts that I think should be in people's minds and I can provide them in any area, part of the world, any thematic area. But people respond to a story to understand just what it's like. There was recently a column in the New York Times in which somebody started with a really powerful story of a terrified immigrant woman and her child. And he went on about two thirds of the column before he said, this was my grandmother and my mother. Right. And so both it's a story, but that makes me to my third. So the first one is facts because people don't have them. The second one is telling compelling stories. But the third one is building the connections. And the connection I just offered is like is the one that we're taught in text. Remember that we were strangers. Remember that we were the other, that we had these experiences. But also, and maybe it's a fourth point, um, Rabbi, but the fourth point is this does have a huge impact on us. if. Fill in the blank. If a huge part of the part of the female population in the world never gets to go to school, then unless you think that men have all the answers, <laughs> we're depriving ourselves of learning and experience and some new great minds emerging. And if you don't pay any attention, and this is an issue you know well from AJWS service learning, if you don't pay any attention to what's happening to the people who are um, who are on the land and who are growing the food every place in the world, it's not only those families that are going to suffer, like literally hunger, starvation, death, but it's the world that's literally losing arable land, losing food, not thinking about its food chain. And that explains in some ways why there are hungry people in our country. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, so I, I think I could talk to you forever, but um, to honor the time, I have just one last question for you, and really on women's rights and leadership. Um, you're such a pathbreaker and trendsetter when it comes to women in positions of authority and leadership. And I wonder, what are some of the challenges that remain for women in politics and in Jewish communal leadership? And what advice would you give to women who want to enter careers in public service or communal service? All right. Well, the, the last question first is, please come in. We need you. Yes. And please, um, in a proper way, in the best way you can, um, prepare yourself, but be prepared for having to do some battle and look for males in your community or in your field of work as allies and help educate them to the fact that there is still serious discrimination against women. Um, this is a question, I'm not going to go into details, I know it's a short interview, but this is a question in which there is actually some research. When more women are in positions of decision-making authority, when more women are in state legislatures, then there's more attention paid to pre-kindergarten, um, inequitable salaries, inequitable insurance benefits. So women's rights, which influence not only women being able to emerge into powerful jobs of leadership in the secular and the Jewish communities, but um, women's um, uh, rights to um, to live better lives as as one of the caretakers in their families will benefit from more women in policy positions. And we see this for sure in America. We see this for sure statistically. We see this, we at AJWS see this around the world where it's very often women who step forward to lead. But I also want to note that there is a problem with equity 
and sometimes with um, safety and respect for women in the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And so we have our own work to do. And in this instance, it's a place where we're sort of slightly pushed in the wrong way by some of our texts because our texts build in a great deal of patriarchy. Um, but most of us, you as a practicing rabbi, most of us, regardless of our denominational background, understand that text is important, but so is what's happening in the world today. And there's no explanation other than sexism for the fact that, just as an example, the 19 large city federations in America, Jewish federations, have never had more than one or two women in charge in any city. That's ridiculous. Right. Yep. I mean, I mean, well, th thank you so much and um, wishing you just decades more of good health and strength and success and all you're doing. So many of us continue to be in awe and leaning on you for your leadership and wisdom. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, Rabbi. This was fun.